Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday, July 3rd. We're halfway through the year. TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes, and a special guest today, Jeff Colhane, the new voice of the Seminoles. Richie, Jeff, how are you guys doing today? Doing great, guys. Glad to have you, Jeff. Absolutely. Happy 4th to everybody out there. Yeah, absolutely. Excited for uh, excited for the long weekend. Um, which I have three. You know, I don't, Jeff, I know you have kids too, but I've got three kids, so nothing's really a long weekend. It's just you know, chase kids more around than you know, do office work. But long days, such is life. <laughs> yeah, but we appreciate you for taking some time. We appreciate those tuning in to watch and listen to us today. Um, Want to obviously give a quick shout out to Guthrie's. You can visit both of their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street. And 2550 North Monroe. Tell them the double fries, no slaw sent you, and make sure you get your gut box double fries, no slaw. Jeff, we talked a little bit off air about Guthrie's, what it is, the name of the podcast, all of that stuff. Fargo, what's the go to? I don't know if Florida State's ever going to have any home and homes with Fargo. <laughs> Maybe now that you're here, you can kind of arrange that. Um, but uh, <laughs> we probably need to get back before we, we start doing that because I don't want to take a loss in, in North Dakota. But, uh, What's the go-to eatery? What's the spot? Like in, in Tallahassee, there's a few. Guthrie's is obviously our favorite, but what's the spot you're recommending people go go find? In, in Well, you know, in the upper Midwest, obviously, you, you can find a pretty good steak um, in this part of the country. Uh, my wife is looking forward to the, the seafood uh, down in Tallahassee and down in the Gulf. She's a big sushi gal. Uh, I am not. I'll, I'll try it. To appease her, but that's really about it for me. Oh man, steak! Uh, I tell you, uh, there's a place called Maxwell's up here. Uh, Mezzaluna is another place. You know, if you're looking for pizza, there's a local place in downtown Fargo called uh, Sammy's. Uh, Rhombus Guys is a, is a heck of a pizza place. Um, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a sub sandwich guy, and so there's a place here called Grand Junction. If you kind of like sandwiches and and some of those things, they've got some awesome fries as well. But, um, you know, mix over in Moorhead just across the river into Minnesota to give you a little geography lesson there. They've got some great uh, burgers as well. I know I'm leaving a ton of people out. If you're into the, the German food with the, uh, you know, the, the, the brats and uh, the, the boots for the beer, uh, Worst Beer Hall is a good one uh, up here. And so... There, there's a little bit of everything, uh, if you can believe that, in this part of the country. I like it. I like it. I uh, the answer is yes to all of that. I mean, we you know again we we talked a little bit about how the podcast got its name. We talk about food just as much as we do football or yeah. FSU athletics or any of that. You know, so yeah, all, yes to all of it. When you get to town, and you said it's probably a couple of weeks away. I don't know what time you're arriving in town, but Guthrie's is open the latest in town. You just let me know which location you pull up next to. And we'll hook you up with a gut box. Just just text me when you're getting to town, and first one's on us. So, yeah, you know, like, um, like we talked about off the air, if it's if it's a chicken basket and fast food, I'm in at some point. Yeah. You know. You're our huckleberry there. So yeah, now there's a lot of good stuff there. There is good seafood. We I really like birds, which is a an oyster joint. They've also got fantastic. I mean, this is kind of crazy, but they've got excellent oysters and the best burgers in town so if you're on a seafood like that's the perfect place your wife can get her oysters you can get a burger and you'll be set but that you know it's uh, funny you bring that up tj the my first trip vacation my wife and i went on was to myrtle beach and mm-hmm. uh, one of our first uh, vacation dinners was at a local place i'm sure seminal fans have been there 
called uh, uh, Bimini's. Uh, it's just a local hole in the wall. And she did some damage to some oysters <laughs> there. I, I was, I think that's when I knew I was going to marry her. Uh, she took down 24 <laughs> oysters awesome. and could have taken down 24 more. It was big time. You, uh, you mentioned that when I was in New Orleans last, um, right before the Alabama LSU game in 2016, it was a top 10 matchup, ton of fun. Um, I don't, I don't remember the name of the place. I'm gonna have to ask my buddy, but they have a place where you buy a, I don't know if they're still doing it now, like inflation and everything else and how food prices are crazy, but you bought a pint and you got half a dozen oysters for free. And I was just like, this is the best deal ever. I mean, you know, you're stumbling out of the place after, you know, drink. Don't way tell too me that, TJ. I might not make it to the tailgate. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. It was amazing. <laughs> and so, anyway, tackle Bourbon Street after that. But, okay, so we start with Duquesne. We, so, that's a good transition. We'll talk about football here in, in a minute. If you're listening, if you're watching, if you could hit the share button, if you could hit the subscribe button, we certainly would appreciate it. But um, first game, Duquesne. Uh, Going to be a night game at 5 p.m., but sunsets. We'll finish up under the lights in Doak. Um, then we head to New Orleans. But talking about that first game, I know that you're excited. Um, but are there nerves? Like, are there nerves before this first game? Or is it more so, like, is it, a, is it, is it just a job? Is it another job? It's not another job. But talk to us a little about your thoughts when the war chants play in. I know you talked yeah. about that with Lane a little bit. But talk to us about that first game and what you're thinking there. Well, you know, I think there's going to certainly be some some anxiousness. I don't know if I would call it nerves, um, you know, butterflies. Uh, I, I won't be nervous. I'll be ready. But if I if I were to sit here and tell you that, you know, there wasn't a little bit of, of that floating around, I'd be lying to you, you know. And so uh, my son, I've got a three-year-old son named Alexander. Um, we've been putting on all of the YouTube pregame videos from everyone that posts them. Uh, during the uh, the pregame lead up to the war chant and uh, Osceola and Renegade, and he's doing pretty well get, getting the uh, the war chant down. He's got pretty good form and uh, rocking it pretty good right now. So we're off to a good start there. But I, I think honestly, uh, I think when I put the headset on and I'm in the booth and the ball is kicked, it'll be you know, I don't want to call it just another game because it's it's a bigger deal than that, obviously, at Florida State. But for me, I, I think I'll be able to settle in. I, guys, I'll be honest with you. I'm more nervous about everything. Like the moving, I hate – nobody likes moving. You know, we're, we're packing, we're selling the house, driving a three-year-old and a 10-day-old down from Fargo to Tallahassee. I'm more nervous about that <laughs> than, than anything else. I, I think, you know, once we get down there, I get to be around the team and, and uh, the coaches and the guys and – uh, everybody within the department, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll feel more at home and feel like we're locked in and and uh, part of that Seminole family. And so, um, yeah, I think there'll be some goosebumps. There'll probably be a little bit of moment of, you know, not a long one, but a quick moment of of recollection of all the time and uh, and the hard work and the people that have helped me along the way to, to get this and, and earn this opportunity, which is a huge honor. And so we'll probably have one of those moments for myself. And then after that, let's go. Let's let's rock. Let's play football. Let's have fun. Uh, bar none, Tom Block, those guys are, are rock stars. I can't wait to work with them and be a part of their team. Uh, um, so you know, we'll be ready. Once the ball's kicked, boot meets the ball just after 5 p.m. Eastern time at Dope. Let's go. 
I love it. I love it. No, and you you mentioned uh, your son doing, you know, getting him down on the war chant. My, uh, I just put my two year old down for a nap, and before we nap, we say our prayers, and you know, you know, at the very end of it, you know, in Jesus' name, and you know, he's two, so Amen, and then and. And every single time he goes, let's go Seminoles. And my wife's like, stop doing that after you pray. And I was like, listen, we pray first. Uh, but then we say that. I actually talked with Richie about this right after you were announced. Um, and I'll pass it to him after this. But the uh, the, the thing that we've mentioned and, and kind of talked about is, you know, you're, you're following a legend. And sometimes that can be tricky, right? Or maybe not tricky. Like you're, like I said, you're, you're a professional. You're going to go in and do your job. But you, Gene was the voice that I grew up listening to. And yeah. that I have all the cool memories of and that I heard called national championships. And what I, the realization I had was, and I mentioned my son, you're the voice that my kids are going to grow up listening to, right? They'll, they'll hear the highlights of Gene and play some of that. And that's really a cool, I mean, it's, it's a cool perspective for me just because when you get older and you, your perspectives change and you think about your kids more so than yourself and things sure. like that, you're like, man, you're going to, you're going to call some of their favorite memories, right? Hopefully more good than bad, but uh, you're going to call some of their favorite memories. So does that, does just that thought of, you know, following Gene going to maybe be the next generation, the new era of Seminole football. I like Gene called the, the Jimbo and the Bobby years. And then you're going to kind of usher us into the future. What does that maybe bigger picture mean for you? Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's a huge honor and yeah, I guess you don't really think of it from that perspective, I suppose, but um, it, it's just, it's a tremendous opportunity. And, and it's one that I've always, you know, dreamed of having guys for me, this is a dream come true. I mean, the last two months have been filled with a ton of emotions. Uh, it's been a whirlwind, you know, people here in Fargo have been amazing. It's, it's so interesting to, you know, when the news was announced, I played golf yesterday with some friends and, and, uh, some, some colleagues and, um, one of the guys I play golf with was is from the Twin Cities. And it's it's always really cool to see the reach of a program and a brand like Florida State. And I've had so many people tell me, you know, they had their local favorite college team first, whether it was, you know, an NDSU or a University of Minnesota or whatever. But I've had a ton of people tell me that Florida State, late 80s, early 90s were – sort of the the next favorite squad for people in my part of the country and for some their favorite team they adopted and so it's just it's just been exciting to to feel the reach of this and the the brand that is florida state university such a great place to go to school and then the athletics programs and the history and tradition speak for itself and you know it's it's a big responsibility it's a huge role uh, i realize i'm an ambassador for all things uh, Knowles right now. And I'm so excited to have that role and have that, that challenge. And, you know, following Gene is obviously uh, just that as well. It's, it's a challenge. You're never going to replace Gene Deckerhoff. He will for all, forever be the voice of the Seminoles. I mean, 48 years with hoops, 43 with football. We, we've talked a few times and, and Gene and Ann, I just talked to them the other day, actually, they sent my, um, my sons, some, uh, some Knowles gear actually from garden and gold, uh, as well. And they yeah. sent us a, a care package and, um, I kind of joke with Gene, like, Hey, it could have been, you know, like 15 or 20 years instead of almost half a century, 
you did this thing. That might have made it a little, little easier on me or the next guy. <laughs> and so we we kind of joked about that. But I, I can't wait. Uh, I always, you know, I think people are going to find that I bring a lot of enthusiasm. I bring a lot of excitement. And uh, obviously um, take it very seriously to tell the success stories and paint the picture of the greatest moments and memories for everybody for years to come. Yeah. And Jeff, just talk about how you ended up here, because obviously, you know, when we heard Gene was retiring, that was massive news because like TJ said, that's the only voice him and I know of for Florida state yeah. football. That that's been it. Um, obviously it's a competitive process. You know, you look at a position like this, you know, it's almost like a Supreme court, right? It's a lifetime appointment if things go well, yeah. as we hope. Um, so we're going to have you here for a very long time, but how did it get started? Did you just see the posting? Um, obviously I'm sure you send some of your best stuff into Florida state and, and hope it stands out. But what was that process like just reaching out and, and applying for the job as most of us have to do in the real world? Yeah, it, it was, you know, first it starts with, um, you know, that that dream of, of being a part of a place like Florida State and being at a place like this where I, I believe it's one of the great brands and not only college athletics, but in all of sports. It's wide reaching. It's a place where it just it flat out matters to everybody. It's ingrained in your DNA from the day that you're born until the day you die. And, and I, I've always dreamed of being at a place like this. And, you know, so many great people are where I, I've, I've been at, you know, uh, at NDSU and other stops along the way, Lincoln, Morgantown with Nebraska and West Virginia. And there were only really a handful of places because of um, the people I've, I've worked with up here in Fargo that I, that I would seek out. And I'm sure I've, you've heard me tell this story before, but in a weird, direct, indirect way, if you will, um, Gene was on my radio show in Lincoln over a decade ago in the summertime. And we were talking about Florida State football. And it was, it was a preseason top 25 segment this time around this time of year. And asked Gene how his summer had been going. And you know, he told a story about he and, and Bobby Bowden, his relationship with, with Coach Bowden and how they just spent some time together over the weekend and they're on the water having a few cold drinks and a shrimp boil and, and, uh, and loving life. And, you know, from that moment when Gene told me that story, uh, it also, you know, kind of seared into my, you know, my, my brain that this is a business of relationships as well and uh, connecting with people, helping people, uh, and, and learning about everyone along the way. And from that point on, you know, obviously Florida State, I'd watched a ton of FSU football in the late 80s, 90s, you know, through the 2000s, right? And so, um, but from that point on, it, it stuck with me for whatever reason that this would be a place that I'd love to be associated with. And if I ever got uh, the opportunity to go through that process, I, I would, I would attack it and saw just like you guys, when, when Gene announced that he was retiring uh, and moving on, you know, from there, you just, you, you kind of go through the process and I've been lucky to meet some great people uh, along the way that have helped me throughout my entire career. And, you know, you, you try and connect with the folks in Tallahassee that are, are, doing the hiring and Michael Alford and, and Caleb Swan, the general manager of Seminole sports properties. Um, I'm just so excited to work with and work for those, uh, those men. They've got great vision. It's amazing 
some of the things we've talked about already. And I, I would say it was about a two month, little over a two month process uh, that uh, eventually culminated in here in uh, just in June and was obviously announced on June 20th. And so, yeah, ultra competitive, honored again for the opportunity. There were so many great uh, broadcasters that that wanted this job uh, and rightfully so. And I uh, can't wait, guys. Can't wait to get rolling. And Jeff, it sounds like Florida State's taken this position in the direction that a lot of universities have, right? Um, it's no longer just to show up on game day, play by play and do your homework right. throughout the week. But it sounds like you'll be managing a whole team and content as well. Something you're no stranger to, obviously, uh, you know, a quick Google search. You've done plenty with pregame, postgame shows, different podcasts. Um, what are some of the things you're excited to bring Florida State fans um, content wise that, that maybe they haven't had in the past? Because like I mentioned, Gene was phenomenal on game day and that's kind of what he was known for. Yeah. But you got a, a little bit, bit more on your plate coming up. It sounds like, yeah, Richie. I just think I just think a little bit of more, you know, a little more of 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 everything. Quite honestly, and there's such an appetite, such a hunger to uh, consume all things Knowles and uh, doing different uh, different items, bringing producing different content ideas, whether it's podcasting, whether it's uh, sit down conversations from a video podcasting standpoint. We've got some fun, creative ideas that we've kicked around as well that uh, will give Seminole fans a little bit more of a look behind the curtain and behind the scenes. And, you know, football is obviously big, but it's more than that. There, there are so many great uh, success stories to tell at Florida State University, you know, not only athletically, but from a university standpoint. Uh, also, I know you guys talked to Michael about this a little bit last like, Friday or Thursday on your one of your most recent pods and. He hit it on the head. I mean, we're going to we're going to try and cast a wide net here and and bring in uh, a lot of different, um, you know, topics and a lot of different things that uh, I think interest will, will interest a lot of people. And so, you know, uh, we're going to certainly start with athletics. Who knows how, how far will or how wide that net will reach uh, from a university perspective. But, you know, uh, Stephen Ponder at Seminole Boosters, they've got some exciting things going on here that we're going to uh, let people know about and, and continue to educate folks on as well. And I mean, I think Litter Hamilton's basketball program is uh, amazing watching that from afar and and uh, the success that they have had. I think they're undervalued nationally. I think they need more love there. Um, the women's sports at, uh, at Florida State, I just talked with with Coach Brooke the other day as she uh, uh, ro rolls into her uh, first full-time uh, year as the head coach. I know she had the one year for Coach Sue when she was taking care of her mother a couple of years ago. Um, and we, Coach Brooke and I talked about some different things to illustrate some uh, success stories. And, you know, women's athletics, the Olympic sports uh, are outstanding. I think we're just going to bring a, a little more. And, you know, look, Michael Alford, I, I've, I've had a chance, obviously, to get to know him here over the last couple of months, but it's interesting times right now. There's no question. Uh, but what I can tell you in, in the time that I've been able to get to know Michael is that he is going to do whatever it takes to uh, help Florida state, to make Florida state uh, the elite winner that it has been and that it is going to be and continue to be in, in so many different ways. And so I think there's going to be a lot of uh, conversations with Michael as well that will share and continue to keep Seminole fans, you know, in the loop on what's going on with his vision and what some of the steps are uh, moving forward there. So it's exciting. Um, uh, stay tuned uh, for, for what we have coming up. 
Yeah, I love that. We love uh, we love Coach Brooke. Um, she's absolutely awesome. We we really do, uh, you know. And I'm I'm glad that there's a, a focus on that because we we've kind of prided ourselves and really we love the Olympic sports too, right? Like we know football gets gets the love, and you know, Doke's my background, and every one of Richie's pitchy, pictures back there. Doke, we get it, but you know, we we do love um, the excellence that that our Olympic sports bring. Yeah, you know, and not to cut you off, TJ, but I mean, softball comes to mind with, oh, with yeah. what Lonnie and that crew have done. I mean, you know, 55, 56 wins. I uh, apologize for not knowing the exact number, hosting a regional. You know, who knows? We'll, we'll see what we can do. Obviously, on the radio side, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, um, we, we take care of. But we're going to kick some ideas around. Uh, you know, softball, is there, is there an avenue from, from a standpoint there? Uh, from a radio perspective, who knows? Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff, but we're going to do whatever we can to uh, again uh, tell these stories and and educate folks on uh, uh, what's going on. Can continuing to educate folks as they're locked in. Yeah, I love it. If you guys are watching, if you're listening, we certainly would appreciate if you hit the share button, if you hit the subscribe button. Um, Jeff, I'll ask you a couple more and, and get you out of here again. Appreciate your time, but. Uh, You've called some fun stuff, you know. I think when you when you YouTube you, you your first one that comes up isn't even a uh, NDSU one. It's the it's the UConn <laughs> game, the heave, um, which yeah. that you know I'm almost just still in shock that that even happened, right? And I'm sure you are too. <laughs> but um, I know the championships are fun too. But do you have anything that like really stands out as man? This is this is what I remember as like here are some fun memories of of things you've called at really any of the stops man yeah um you know you talk about the 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 yukon cincinnati four overtime game back in the spring of i think it was 2016 i believe yes in uh, in march and i called that game with img's national broadcast uh down in orlando and it was myself and tim welsh who uh is a is a great friend and does some great work for espn on the tv side and um, that was unbelievable. I'm at, you know, rare. I don't know if I'll ever see one of those again. I know, um, you know, Florida State had uh, some crazy finishes with with Leonard's team this last year. But that was about 70, 75 feet. Jalen Adams uh, off of the window, uh, let it go. And and that one was wild. I mean, that, that'll be one that I'll never forget. That really has a, a non-affiliation with any of the schools I've been at. So that was an exciting moment uh, for me. But you know, different different stops. Uh, most recently, obviously, at North Dakota State, uh, memorable. Uh, so many memorable football games, uh, national championships. Uh, lucky enough to call four of those. It's crazy to think about with NDSU football. You know, my first year six years ago, um, NDSU went to Iowa and beat the Iowa Hawkeyes in a walk off winner, thirty uh, seven yard field goal from Cade Peterson, and uh, that one. Uh, sort of introduced me, I feel like, to a lot of, of Bison fans locally in my first year uh, trying to capture a big moment. You know, before that, I was lucky enough to call the uh, West Virginia Women's Big 12 Regular Season Championship in 2013 and 2014 with uh, Coach Mike Carey and uh, a great group of young women who had just a, an amazing season there. And being a part of that in my first year was was a lot of fun. And so, you know, I've been blessed uh, to be around some great programs, great coaches, uh, amazing student athletes that have allowed me to kind of be a part of the team 
and welcome me in. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. You're coming up with, uh, with everyone at Florida State, Coach Norvell, his staff. They're excited. They've obviously have done a ton here uh, from the end of last season into where we're at right now, addressing their needs, bringing in great players, transfer portal, uh, recruiting, um, and uh, attacking this upcoming season with uh, a vigor of, of getting back to a bowl game and putting more wins on the resume. And so uh, fired up, guys, fired up to get it going. And uh, those are just a few of them, I guess, right there when you, when you talk about the things that I remember uh, with the uh, past decade plus or so of my career. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, I think we're all excited for you to start your career, but I, I do have one question, something to, to follow up earlier. I did not have a great day yesterday. I'm, I'm talking like a 92, 93. How'd you shoot, man? I know you said you went out and played as well. And are you excited to get to the uh, Seminole Legacy Golf Course, which Jack oh, Nicholas just redid? Man, yes, 100%. Um, you know, Richie, that's probably where I'm at. I'm probably I'm probably right in that area. I'm a, I'm a guy that's going to, on a good day, uh, be in the, uh, the 80s. On a bad day, I won't tell you what the score is. I probably stopped. <laughs> keeping score to be honest, but yeah, I like to get out and uh, swing it around. Uh, like a, you know, like I mentioned, I'm no rock star uh, on the golf course, but I keep people on their toes. If we got a money game going, uh, I can, I can surprise here or there. And that's, a, I think what upsets people playing with me is I kind of, I kind of creep out of nowhere and get you on two or three holes to swing the, uh, the round in our favor, pull a cash in our pockets, but well, yeah, I can't wait. Like it. Yeah, my uh, my wife let me get out yesterday. I got nine holes in uh, at a place called Oxbow Country Club up here in Fargo and uh, had an absolute blast. And so, yeah, I can't wait to get down there and uh, and swing the sticks. And uh, I, I see all areas of the golf course, guys. I don't, you know, I, I don't skimp on that. I, I like to play everywhere when I'm out there. Alfred will, Alfred will have us all out there uh, before <laughs> it's too long. But, yeah, he'll, he'll get you out there for sure. I've, I've heard that's. Yeah, I've heard that's one of his favorite spots on uh, or close to campus. But uh, yep. Jeff, thank you so much for hanging out. We appreciate it. We're we're very much. I was going to say looking forward to seeing you, but looking forward to hearing you um, in the next couple of uh, next month. I can't. Yeah, it's already July, so next month we'll we'll hear you on the call. Excited for it. Uh, you know, from from all of us and, and everybody in FSU Nation, welcome. You know, we're we're very excited to have you. And uh, man. Good luck with moving. You mentioned that earlier, and it just sent chill bumps on my spine because I, I don't, I would hate to do that too. <laughs> I moved 15 minutes down the road, and I hated. It. I couldn't imagine going across country. So prayers yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, DJ. Thank you, Richie. And uh, I will make sure to uh, fire up double fries, no slaw at Guthrie's right when I get to Tallahassee. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Only way, my man. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Jeff Colhane, the new voice of the Seminoles. Um, appreciate him coming on. Richie's got another golf buddy. Everybody that comes on is just ends up being like a, another golf buddy that, you know, nobody who just wants to sit around and drink beer. I ever get back to Tallahassee, all some friends yeah. to play with now, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Maybe you can find a golf course in Louisiana. Um, so appreciate him for coming on. You know, I, like I said, I'm excited to to hear him. And obviously, you know, we we love Gene and we love all that he did for FSU, but excited to, you know, she, you know, I'm really excited to see kind of this new era of, of, of what we're going to hear and really excited that, like he mentioned, you know, not just, not just football, right? Like, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a day that Gene did literally everything, right? And as he got older, it, you know, became tougher for him to get out there and do stuff, but he was caught. I remember caught watching 
baseball games that he was calling on that Sunshine Network um, channel, like 31 on cable on Saturday afternoon and stuff. And it just became harder and harder as, as he got older. So excited for that a ton. Appreciate him for hanging out um, with us. Thank you guys again for watching and listening to that. We're going to talk a little bit of recruiting. And so I would appreciate it again if you guys would do us a button. A button. Do us a favor and hit that share button, smash that subscribe button, and uh, and let's get the word out that we're live for maybe another 15, 20 minutes, 30, 30 max. We'll be wrapped up before 1 o'clock. But uh, hit that button, share it, let the people know. Uh, we certainly do appreciate that. Uh, Want to give a quick shout-out to Gramco. Um, Gramco has all of your Delta 8 needs and uh, has them covered. Uh, anything you need from gummies to hard candy to vapes to pre-rolls, whatever you need. Um, Gramco is completely legal in the state of Florida, founded by FSU students, now alums. They are college football junkies and Seminole junkies just like you and me. They'll be in New Orleans with us for the tailgate. Um, which info on that should come out tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled to our social medias for info on the tailgate. If you don't have a tailgate, come and hang out with us and the good folks at Gramco as we take to New Orleans and hopefully beat those LSU Tigers to get to 2-0 on the season. DFNS25. I get all these codes mixed up because I do eight different pods and Eight different shows, <laughs> spaces, and everything else. DFNS25 at thegramcode.com. Take care of all of your Delta 8 needs. The blue raspberry gummies are my favorite. Richie says they're great for the golf courses. I see him sipping on his beer. Um, but go order you some Gramco and support the people that support this show. Richie, we've got a few things to run down here. Appreciate Jeff again for hanging out. We've got some recruiting news that's kind of uh, popping First up, Chris Parson finishes eighth at the Elite, Evan, Elite 11 after an impressive showing. He wins the rail shot competition on the first night of the event. Um, the Parson situation is definitely interesting. He had a good showing at the Elite 11, finished really, really well. You know, I, I think he, I think there's a chance that he ends up in this class. I think it's going to depend on what happens with Florida State and Brock Glenn, who should be announcing sometime later this month. Um, but Parson may end up in the class. And so when the lights are on, you know, you know, I think that we'll kind of see as time goes. But it was nice to see him have a good showing and and do well out there, right? Yeah, it was for sure. Because, you know, as of right now, he is still a Florida State commit. Um, and like you said, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens with Brock Glenn. Um, Ricky Collins, another uh, prospect Florida State was after finished just ahead of Parsons. I think seventh Parsons Parson was eighth. Um, but yeah, the quarterback board, it's going to be interesting. And you, you'd like to get, you know, some sort of resolution sooner than later, because we all know that come uh, November and then December early signing period, if you're scrambling to find a quarterback, you, you, you've messed up at that point. Um, so we really need to get some clarity, preferably before the season gets started. But it was nice to see Parson go out there and show some fans that, you know, hey, he might have it. Um, like you said, it's, uh, you know, maybe it was just under the lights. He he had a chip on his shoulder, wanted some, wanted to prove something, uh, but a great showing. I'm not sure what the rail shot event was. It just looked like they were running at sideline routes and he just hit it on the money from the clip that Bud Elliott tweeted. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be an interesting, interesting situation to continue to monitor. Um, and if he does end up in this class, which I'm, I'm all for him and another quarterback, I think if you can get two high school quarterbacks in this class, uh, whether it be Brock Glenn and Chris Parson, I, I think you're really happy with that signing class at quarterback. 
but it was good to see him go out there and, and perform well and show, you know, maybe he does have, uh, you know, a, you know, that chip on his shoulder and he's ready to compete. And if he brings that to Tallahassee, you know, that's not a bad thing because worst case, he's just going to push the competition to get better. Absolutely. I want to give a quick shout out to Dane Draper. Um, he wrote an excellent piece this morning. I shared it on Twitter. Uh, but if you go to Knowles247.com, um, he wrote a piece that breaks down all of the July decisions that are coming up. Yeah. So June was a massive um, uh, month for visits. There's a big visit weekend that may be scheduled on the last weekend of the month here in July. But a um, lot of commitments that are very, very close to decision should be announcing this month. Got a couple coming up this week that are uh, considering FSU. But uh, Dane broke down the six targets when they're going to be committing. I certainly would encourage you to go check that out. Um, Carol, in the in the process, uh, I'm sorry, in the in the comments, asked about the uh, SEC Big Ten conference realignment. We are certainly going to get to that after we talk a little bit of recruiting. But um, go check out that on Knowles247.com. Uh, the targets being Lucas Simmons, Keldrick Falk, Avery Stewart, Brock Glenn. We mentioned the quarterback, Dalen Smothers, um, and Tavion Gadsden. So really good piece there. And so go check that out. Uh, Three-star linebacker DeMarco Ward commits to Florida State over UCF, Louisville, and Wake. Um, certainly need linebacker recruiting. I don't know that this you know, gets Shannon off the hook or anything like that with how the Linebacker recruiting hasn't been great for the last year or two. Not that that's on him. Obviously, Marv was here last year. But, you know, a kid that Florida State likes, a kid that Florida State thinks they can develop, you know, don't know that he's coming in in a, in a day one starter or anything like that next year. But a good pickup by FSU. Had some other, you know, decent uh, decent offers in there. I mean, you didn't go up against the big boys with, you know, um, Alabama or Georgia or even Florida. But Louisville, Wake, UCF, I mean, you know, certainly don't want to lose a battle to those guys. And so I think he's a take. I think he'll be a take through this class. And so uh, a commit for Florida State with DeMarco Ward announcing last week. Um, any thoughts there, Richie, on linebacker recruiting or any recruiting in general? Yeah, I mean, linebacker recruiting needs to get better, obviously. But at the same time, if we take a step back and look who we beat out for that UCF, Wake, and Louisville, that's kind of the world we're living in right now. So, so it's up to Mike Norvell and this team to go out there and prove it on the field. And we've talked about how um, helpful it could be early on in the season. If you can beat LSU Louisville, split that, you know, God forbid, go, go in both those games, start off three and oh, four and oh, uh, you might enter the conversation with some of these other players. But right now, I, I don't think you're in a position, especially at linebacker, to be overly picky uh, on who you take. This is a guy, again, he's not some five-star Cantonist prospect, but he did have very serious interest from other schools within your division, right? And you're trying to stay ahead of them because you've been on the bottom tier of the division the past few years. If you want to get back to that level, you know, catching Clemson's obviously the, the goal here, but being number two is the first step before passing Clemson. So you're going to have to win recruiting battles like this. So even if it's not the sexiest take, uh, you know, that, that we could possibly have had at linebacker, it is good to get a linebacker in the boat because we know we need them and uh, we will not be done there. And I'll be interested to see where Coach Norvell, Coach Shannon, and the defense go from there when it comes to linebacker recruiting. Yeah, I think that uh, we've got to continue to battle there and certainly need to add to that room. A um, couple of announcements coming up this week. You know, not to steal from Dane, I won't list out everybody else's dates, but because they are so close, uh, four star defensive back Avery Stewart uh, should be announcing on Wednesday, July 6th. And um, four-star defensive end Keldrick Falk 
is announcing on Tuesday the 5th. So a couple of targets that um, have FSU in their final three. Uh, for Falk, it's uh, – I'm sorry, final four. Uh, he's got a couple. But Auburn, Clemson, big ones to watch out for with Falk. Auburn, Kentucky, uh, big ones to watch out for with Stewart. Uh, Florida State, feel, I think, feels good about both those, but it's recruiting, and they felt good about Travis Hunter a week before. So until I get that out of my mind, you know, we'll never say anything's uh, – 100% uh, <laughs> settled. I do want to shout out quickly Garnet and Gold. I love that Jeff mentioned um, that Gene sent them a care package from Garnet and Gold. That's really, really cool to me. Like, I, you know, just the fact that you know, Gene's the absolute legend. I don't know how many people are, you know, super concerned with the people replacing them and the people that take over their position or their job. But I mean, that just speaks to the person that Gene is and speaks to the fact that he wants what's best for FSU. He wants what's best for Seminole radio and um, all of that. And so shout out to Decker. Shout out to Colhane, but most of all, shout out to Garnet and gold. Uh, appreciate their support. If you want to be like Gene, if you want to be like Jeff, you should shop at Garnet and gold. Don't support fanatics. Don't support any of these other brands, uh, you know, alumni hall, anywhere else shop at Garnet and gold. It's garnetandgold.com, And you can use code NOSLA, N O S L A W no spaces, Code NOSLAW will get you 15% off of checkout. That Nike drop is coming, again, I can say it now, next month. So the Nike drop will be here in August. You guys don't want to miss out on that. Fanatics is not offering you a deal. Nike drop. Use code NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W. Shop where Deckerhoff shops and get your garnet and gold gear using our code. Again, that Nike stuff, I, I know it's not cheap. It's not not just a garden gold. It's kind of expensive everywhere. If you order $75 or more, you get free shipping. So use code no slug. Get you a couple of things when the Nike stuff drops next month. If you need anything for summer, garden gold has you covered. Go to gardengold.com and save 15% using our code. Again, N-O-S-L-A-W. The ACC announced a 3-5-5 scheduling format. I called it 3-3-5 for like half the week, but thank you uh, to Mike Ferguson at doublefriesnoslaw.com for correcting that. We uh, chatted with Ingram about that quickly, so you guys can go back. It's on our YouTube page or, or, or Facebook or iTunes, wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're watching it, you can find that. So I won't share a ton of thoughts on this. I have one more thought. Uh, but you can kind of catch my thoughts, catch Ingram Smith's thoughts. We did a quick pop-up episode like an hour after that was announced just because Richie couldn't step away from work. But, um, Richie, I would love to hear your thoughts on that, and then I have one final thought, and we'll move on from the uh, the new scheduling format that uh, Florida State has. Yeah, I thought you and Ingram did a great job kind of breaking it all down, saying you know who got the best draw and who did not get the most favorable draw. Obviously, Florida State did not get a favorable draw, but that was to be expected, right? Because it – you're not going to get rid of Miami or Clemson and Syracuse. You know, it, it's not a bad third team to have. I think it's rough for the Olympic sports. Cause when you look at traveling, especially, you know, baseball and things like that, are they going to have that same, uh, you know, connection or whatever for those Olympic sports, or is it just a football only thing? I guess we'll see what happens there, but for a football standpoint, I don't hate it. Uh, you know, I, obviously I, I would have preferred Georgia tech because Atlanta is an easy trip up, but the, a good point is that several have made, we're still going to play Georgia Tech every four years, right? So it, it's not a huge deal. It's not the end-all, be-all. You got a team that, quite frankly, is not very good at football year in and year out, and that's all I wanted, right? Sure, we would have loved to have Duke, um, but I think Syracuse, it's, it's a good team to have. Uh, 
And I think, you know, Michael Alford has his reasons why he kind of was looking at Syracuse or maybe even Boston College. But at the end of the day, it's a game that Florida State should win more often than not. Just got to take care of Clemson and uh, uh, Miami. And uh, again, if we're complaining about who the third team is, you know, granted, if we had got, you know, Virginia Tech at, at full force or something, yeah, then we have a legit gripe. But there's no other team that really should scare us. I mean, if we'd got NC State, that would have been a little rough. But I think Syracuse, I'll gladly take that compromise um, from my end. Yeah, no, I I think that's the move. I also think that the ACC was, you know, doing a little bit of a favor to um, doing a little bit of a favor to Georgia Tech with not sticking us and Clemson on their schedule. Um, I spoke with Michael Alford and you know chatted about a couple of things off record, but the one thing you know that was kind of on record was we understand that our draw is rough, uh, but in no way did we want to lose Clemson or Miami. Like he, no. he made that pretty clear. Uh, we wanted to keep both of those. So don't, you know, as many things as we want to blame the ACC for, um, again, I don't want to speak for him too much and give too much away, but he, he wanted to keep both of those and FSU wanted to keep both of those. And, and he made that known. And so those two games are on the schedule. So it's tough, but that's fine. That's what Bobby wanted. Bobby wanted anybody, anywhere, anytime, bring it on. So yeah, the third game though, I'm glad it's not in NC State. So, and you're right. You're you're playing. Uh, you're playing Georgia. T- you're playing Atlanta in Atlanta. Every you know, twice every five years, right? You know, if not more. So, um, you're, you're you're playing Georgia Tech three times, and you know, I guess every five years, two will be home and two will be away. So, you're you're still playing them plenty. Um, and let me just tell you this. This is kind of you know little insight that I won't go too deep. But just be. I would say be thankful that you know Georgia Tech didn't get put on the schedule for some other reasons that we can maybe talk about later. Um, I don't know if you were still on when Michael and I talked about that or, or not, but yeah, just be, be thankful that that isn't the case. I know you guys wanted it. Uh, my only takeaway um, from this Richie is exactly what Carol just said. It'll probably be nullified soon because we won't <laughs> even be in the ACC that long. That's a great transition. Carol, I appreciate you commenting that. Yeah. It's like, we we're all been out of shape on this. We'll probably play the schedule one or two times. Like it's not even going to be a thing. Um, we'll be in another conference. Yeah, I something in the college football world. What's going on? Yeah, here? maybe you might have been on that golf course too much. Every time I get on Instagram now, Richie's like on a golf course. But Carol, I think you're spot on. So obviously, unless you've been living on a rock, UCLA and USC head to the Big Ten um, in the latest. Um, you know, I don't even know the latest part of drama as it goes to uh, conference realignment, and so. Richie, I don't know what this means directly for FSU, but I do know that FSU indirectly means that more change is coming, right? The big conferences, you know, the the Power Five is is about to be the Power Two, and they are in a battle or in a war right now to acquire talent, right? We talk about college football being a talent acquisition business, which it certainly is from a coaching standpoint. It certainly is from a player standpoint. It certainly is from an administrative standpoint. You know, you obviously want good – Athletic directors, Miami picked up Clemson's. We have Alford now. So I think that the conferences see it the same way. And Notre Dame's a massive, massive domino that needs to fall. Sounds like the Big Ten's kind of just waiting on what Notre Dame has to say and what they're going to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, Florida State is going to go somewhere. Like, I'll just put that out there. Like, Florida State is not going to get left behind. Florida State will end up somewhere. I would lean SEC. I don't think that the, the, the SEC – what I think – and I think Miami and Florida State end up in the SEC. 
And the biggest reason is because I don't think the SEC wants the Big Ten to have a foothold here in Florida, or a, at least a a uh, relevant foothold, right? Like I could see the Big Ten picking up like a USF or UCF or something like that just to try and get into Florida somehow, but I don't think it'll be irrelevant. I, I don't think the SEC will want a brand like Florida State or Miami to go to the Big Ten and, and kind of give them that foothold. Uh, I think that they'll want that. When you look at the big brands remaining and, and still out there, right? It's Clemson, it's Notre Dame, it's Florida State, it's Miami, North Carolina, Oregon, um, you know, Oklahoma State, Baylor. I mean, at that point, like you're you're really dropping Duke, down. I, if you want to go basketball, but the, so I just don't think money? basketball. Yeah, I don't think basketball matters. Um, you know, NC State, you could throw them in there. Boston College for regionality, you know. Um, TCU, uh, Stanford, Utah. I mean, you're talking like 15 teams, right? 15, 20 teams that matter. And, it, and I think all 15 or 20 of those teams are going to end up somewhere, you know. like, I, And I think they'll all be out of where they're at right now. And so Arizona State to try and get into that area, Arizona. Um, but uh, – yeah, Florida State's in the top half of that. They're not even close. Like they're probably like when you look at your five biggest brands that are just like kind of in limbo right now. It's it's Notre Dame, it's Clemson, Florida State, it's Miami, and then someone else. I don't know. You know, I don't know who that fifth one is. You know, it, I, and I don't think it even matters. I think there's a, a distinct Oregon. It's probably Oregon, and then I think it's a drop off from there. Right? Like those are your kind of top. Those schools will end up somewhere. I put Oregon and, and Notre Dame in the Big Ten, and I think it's going to be the the three from the ACC here going to. Uh, to the sec. So I don't know. I I've heard some rumblings that, and I know that, you know, people report on Twitter or you see, Oh, sources are telling me this. Like, I, I don't know if anything's really happening right now. I've heard some rumblings that we could hear something in the next several months before 2023. I don't know exactly what that means for a timeline, but the, the, the what's been pointed out to me is that Texas and Oklahoma are joining in the 2025 season. So I think that if we were to go to the SEC and something was to happen, it would probably be that year. Not writing that in stone, not saying that other things can't happen or things can't change, but that's kind of been the what's been kind of voiced my way. So, Richie, thoughts on conference realignment? What do you think it means for Florida State indirectly? Where, where you are? Are you worried? Are you not worried? I'm not nervous at all, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm not really nervous right now because, like you mentioned, if if the ACC does blow up, which it it may not entirely, but maybe it ends up like the Big East, right, where they're kind of a basketball-only conference, it's interesting because I don't think uh, – the triangle schools are going to stick together, right? The Wake Forest, UNC, Duke, uh, NC State, they're all going to stay together as long as they can. But then you do have the kind of the redheaded stepchilds, and you think of Florida State as the top one. Clemson, you know, is kind of accepted into the, you know, good old boys network of the ACC, so to speak. That's who the ACC, if they could have their pick, Clemson would be, you know, the the team that running out in front leading the way. But then you look at Miami and while they haven't had great recent history, it's still a major national brand, right? And I think this is where the ACC kind of dropped the ball in the initial realignment. They were struggling so much like, oh, we need markets, we need markets. So let's get Syracuse from Boston College. What have either of them brought to the conference at all? No one in Boston College or, or in the Boston area of Massachusetts cares about college football. It is NFL, NFL, NFL up there. I doubt they gained much market share by going into Boston. 
Same with Syracuse. And I love the school, you know, family ties to the school. But what do they really bring to the conference? Their basketball program hasn't been what it, we thought we were getting when they had, you know, Carmelo Anthony back in 2002. So I think the ACC made some miscalculations. And I think it's a lesson for the Big Ten. Like you mentioned, they could go get a, a UCF, USF. But what's that really do? Okay, yeah, you're in the Florida market. But guess what? If Florida, Florida State, or Miami's on, every local sports bar is going to have those games on. No one's going to care about watching USF versus Nebraska, right? It's just not moving the needle. So I think you hit the nail on the head where Florida doesn't want Florida State in the SEC. They love that advantage in recruiting and the monetary um, payouts that they get at the end of the year. But it certainly beats the Big Ten coming and picking up Florida State and Miami because now you're really in trouble because the Big Ten, they got us all the way down to the southeast from Florida to Miami, all the way to the West Coast with USC and UCLA and the whole Midwest and they're in the Northeast. The SEC's beyond regional at that point. I know they, they're not going to stretch from Texas over to Florida, but I think it'd be a wise move for the SEC to just bite the bullet and say, listen, give me Clemson, Florida State, and Miami just to keep them out of the Big Ten. And I think that's the decision that has to be made right now. I don't think these decisions between the or discussions between UCLA, USC, and the Big Ten came out of nowhere. They've probably been going on for a long time. But typically when we see the realignment, the announcements are kind of out of nowhere. But it's pretty obvious that those discussions have been going you know, in the back channel for a very long time. I fully expect it that this is not going to make Florida State, Clemson, Miami start looking for new options. I think our ADs have already been looking those options, exploring these options. Um, obviously, they can't go public in saying that, but we know Mike Lawford is very close with several ADs, including our, our friends down south. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. And like you mentioned, I, I'd be surprised if the ACC is around in the way we see it, you know, three years from now. I, I think it'd be a home run for the Big Ten to say, hey, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, let's let's make this thing happen and uh, see what the SEC does. But I really have no idea. If I had to predict, I do think the SEC is more likely, but I'm definitely not going to rule out the Big Ten because I think that they're, they probably have their eyes on Florida and we'll see what happens. If, um, if the Big Ten made the move to bring on those five schools that we mentioned, right? I think the five biggest brands still left out there Florida State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oregon, and Miami, right? If the Big Ten got those five brands, and I'm not talking like what's like those schools right now. I'm talking those schools like when they kind of get back, right? Like we know Florida State's been down. We know Miami's not been what they um, should have been for the last several years. Um, would that make the Big Ten more formidable than the SEC? Like, cause, cause then imagine the SEC takes like your next five schools, right? Like your Oklahoma State, your maybe UCF to to have another school in Florida, your um, Baylor, your Arizona and Utah, right, or something like that, or Stanford and Utah, right? So Stanford's a lock for the Big Ten with their academics, but let's just say that like Big Ten gets the next best five schools out there, which are again Oregon, Florida State, Miami, Clemson, and Notre Dame. And then the and then the rest of it goes through um, the SEC. Does that make the Big Ten more formidable? Does that is the SEC still like the premier conference? What are your thoughts there? It's tough. I, I'd probably still that's lean a dumb SEC. hypothetical, but <laughs> I, I'd probably still lean SEC and partially uh, what they mastered right when the initial realignment happened. Because remember. Up until, uh, you know, Florida won in 06, the SEC was kind of an afterthought in the national conversation. 
but Florida kicked off a string of seven straight national titles and they made that branding and they capitalized on it. So the SEC, it was a perfect situation of timing and branding and saying, hey, we're going to make everyone know we are the premier conference. Even if we're not, we are going to tell everybody we are. They had us believing that schools like, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State would be, you know, national powers. And we saw them both in the top three of the college football playoff rankings for a week in 2014, which we knew clearly was behind the branding. Because if you watch the teams, they weren't up there. I don't know. But I do think the Big Ten is definitely the conference that can compete. If, if anyone's going to take down the SEC in today's college football landscape, it's going to be the Big Ten. And it's going to be doing it by adding schools like, Notre Dame and Miami and Florida State and Clemson. And what I think stands out and, you know, Carol commented on it, the, the Big Ten, they do take their academics very seriously. And I think it's a big deal that Florida State has worked themselves into a top 20 academic institution in the country because that's a much easier sell to the Big Ten if they decide they wanted a school like Florida State. You know, 20 years ago, the Big Ten never would have even considered Florida State just because, right. you know, they were around the top 50 public schools and they take those rankings seriously. Uh, Clemson's a very good public school. Obviously, Notre Dame, the Big Ten, they've been wanting to add them to football for the longest time. I, I'm excited. I, I do think it, we're looking in the next few years some sort of super conference. I think the next two, three years between realignment and NIL, NIL it's going to turn a lot of floor, uh, college ball fans off. But I do think when it all settles, it's still going to be the same product we all love. And we'll still be watching these games every single Saturday. Yeah, I uh, I think I lean SEC as well. I think you're you're right on that. Um, mostly for perception, right? Like we just have this perception that the SEC is so much better than everyone else. Um, adding brands like Oklahoma and Texas are huge, but Texas at this point. So here's why I think perception wise it'd be SEC. I don't know that it would really be much different if you took Alabama out of it it'd probably just be split even, right? Like I know the SEC built that seven-year run that was really, really great. And, you know, they had multiple teams winning, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and Florida, all won, most of them multiple times within that seven-year run before yours truly, uh, Florida State, ended it. Um, But that's not the SEC today, right? Alabama and Georgia are elite, and everyone else is a mid-level program at best. Who's the next best team in the SEC? A and M, so they went eight and four last year, right? Like they're they went four and four in the conference. So like they're the next best team in the SEC, and they can't even get above five hundred in their own conference. So I, I just the SEC is good, but it is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly top heavy. And if you were to take Alabama out of that, we would view the SEC very, very differently. And so. Yeah, I. but again, for that perception, I'd probably rather be in the SEC <laughs> because that's a lot, you know, perception is reality, right? There's a reason the SEC does better numbers. Also, I do think football in the South is different. And so, yeah, I, I'd rather be in the SEC than the Big Ten. I do think in 10 years, they're not even going to be called that anymore because, you know, when the SEC picks up Oregon, I don't know how you call that the Southeastern Conference anymore. When the Big Ten picks up, you know, Stanford and UCLA, I don't know how you, yeah, that's a Midwest thing anymore. So, yeah, they'll probably, you know, they don't even have 10 teams anymore, right? They've got like 16 teams. So, yeah, I, I would prefer to be in the conference with Florida and Alabama and Georgia because those are the teams I want to see us play. I don't want to be driving. I don't want to be going up to Michigan and all that stuff. So, um, so anyway, all right, conference realignment, that's fun stuff. Again, we'll kind of see where, where we're at in the next few months with that, if anything has broken or anything's kind of come out. Um, 
couple more things and we will get out of here. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you'll do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that share button. We would appreciate it. John Butler lands on the Pelicans on his summer league roster after going undrafted. Not shocking. I don't think that he went undrafted, but lands on the Pelicans. Hopefully he can, you know, make the G League, make a practice squad, you know, things like that. Wish the absolute best for, for Butler. Uh, any quick thoughts there? Um, I mean, if he doesn't make it, he can ask Zion Williamson for a little bit of money because he just signed a, what, $250 million contract after just playing eight, 85 games in three years. So, uh, you know, hopefully it works out for him. Like you said, I, I do think he's a guy that has a skill set who can play in this league for several years. It, it's just going to take some time. So he might be one of those guys that bounces around the G League for the first two to three years. And, uh, you know, maybe some injuries happen. He gets called up and, and, you know, makes the best of his opportunity. And I think that's what we're all hoping for out of him. So best of luck to John Butler for sure. Florida State baseball lands a transfer from West Virginia. McGuire Holbrook, his 327 batting average last season, would have led the team. He also averaged a 401 on-base percentage and 509 slugging. He caught 20 games, I saw. So not sure if he'll DH or if he'll uh, um, play a little catcher. Probably both. Um, also had 43 RBIs, 22 walks, 13 doubles, six home runs. Appreciate Richie putting all that together so that I could sound good and act like I knew what I was talking about. But uh, picked up a transfer. McGuire Holbrook would assume that we'll see more in the portal. Uh, had a few guys leave, so I would expect Link to pick up some more guys on that end. Um, Richie, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Um. Yeah, let, let's give a shout out to our friends over at 247 and the guy who gave me my podcasting start, Trey Roland, uh, has joined oh, the team Trey. at 247. So those of you guys know, he did the roll cast, started that independently, uh, did all the editing and everything himself. And then TJ kind of guilted him in saying, hey, you need a producer. You're big time now. So I, I got to work with Trey for, for a season, had a blast. Great dude. Uh, huge uh, gain for the folks over at 247. Yeah, shout out Trey. Um the Knowles 247 brand grows the, the, the absolute best in the business when it comes to covering Florida state um, football. I'll, I'll say we do, uh, we do the Olympic sports better, but shout out to those guys for how they cover, uh, how they cover football. You know, honestly, they do a great job with basketball too and baseball with Brett. Um, so I'll give us the, you know, the sports outside of those three, we will, we'll take the crown for, but uh, um Shout out to the guys in Knowles 247. You know, we mention them often, but, you know, Brendan and, and Chris and Zach do a great job. Dane over there um, acquiring the X's Knowles guys, Brett Nevitt for baseball, um, and uh, also uh, Trey, as you just mentioned. So appreciate them. Appreciate they, you know, and they always support us. So, you know, those are our guys for sure. And they don't really need kids' commitments. So, had to get that in. All right. We will be back. Uh, I don't think we have a pop up or anything this week. Um, enjoy the fourth with your families. Um, stay safe. Um, shout out to, yeah, I'll use my shout out, shout out to USA. So, um, 246 years, is that right? 246 years of, uh, being the best country on earth. So shout out us, uh, Richie, have a great fourth of July. Again, I don't think any pop-up episodes this week, but, uh, stay tuned. Cause you never know around here. We, we try to bring the heat. Um, we did record a show with Alex Atkins that you guys can go find again on our YouTube or wherever you're watching or listening to this. Also one with Michael Alford last week. So we had a lot of good content come out. Go check those out. Um, we will be back on Sunday of next week. Until then, you guys enjoy the holiday and go Knowles.